Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome to another episode of Fan Team Radio. We are your hosts, Cheyenne Khan and Chris Odi Odorizzi. Chris, what's up? Yeah, Cheyenne, man, we are at Spain, Barcelona. What a race we had today. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so 66 laps. Um, I think we had uh, two DRS zones this track, but it was 4.6 kilometers, otherwise 2.8 miles for the Americans. And uh, yeah, what a race we had today. Um, we saw the removal of the infamous chicane, and everybody was sort of trying to figure out uh, where it would lead, what the what the track would be like going back to the original layout of the track. And uh, yeah, I think it was awesome. We had it's some great racing, a lot of overtakes, and ultimately just a, a really good race in my opinion. Um, a little bit of a little shakeup in terms of like the order and things that happened, other than you know the whole Red Bull dominating factor of it. But yeah, I thought it was a great race. How about you? Yeah, I think David Coulthard and uh, Julian Palmer mentioned that that chicane was probably put there by someone who's never driven a racing car before. So <laughs> I'm glad that they got that out of there. Uh, I think it made for a much uh, cleaner race uh, with a lot more opportunities to overtake and really give the spectators something to, you know, uh, to, to watch. And it kept, uh, you know, the, the, the interesting about this race, Chris, is there was battles happening all across the grid, which I thought was really exciting to see in groups of threes, you know, um, in, in the in the front part, you really didn't, Max was all, all, all on his own, uh, but then yep. you had the Mercedes and the Ferraris and Sergio making his way all the way up to, to fourth position, uh, duking it out. And then Aston Martin, you know, really not performing like they were this, uh, this you know, especially Fernando Alonso over the last couple of weeks. But, you know, they were still up there in contention and points um, and the rest of the f- uh, field kind of uh, fell, fell as they did. So let's get into it, Chris. Uh, what are your first thoughts uh, for this race? I know Mercedes uh, promising side pods and upgrades coming into this race. We weren't really able to see um, the results of that in Monaco, but but my boys pulled it out today. What were your thoughts? Yeah, so th- exactly that. Like Mercedes brought these upgrades to Monaco, which was an interesting choice to sort of bring them in. I mean, I guess it's good for testing and sort of figure out where you're at. But these uh, the upgrades really shown here at this track. Um, yeah, I think we mentioned a little bit offline a little bit that Mercedes typically shows pretty well at Barcelona, but I think, in my opinion, this is a huge step forward. Um, I mean, you know, the zero pod strategy was something that Toto has been pretty, uh, leaned pretty heavily into, and they think that they figured out at the end of last year sort of their fundamental issue, and at the beginning of this year didn't really work. We've discussed that, and um, <clears throat> I think you know they finally said, "Let's try it. Let's put put a little pod on there and." Yeah, we saw a little bit of glimmer of the old Mercedes today, which was awesome. And, you know, unfortunately, Red Bull is just that far ahead of everybody. It's kind of unreal. Max just sort of seems to be sort of casually driving at the front and able to choose his own pace. So I don't I don't anticipate anybody getting to that level just yet. But, yeah, man, it was great to see uh, both Mercs uh, charging up the field and uh, keeping keeping that second and third position for the majority of the race. Yeah, I mean, after qualifying when they had a tap uh, on each other, that really did freak me out. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> yeah. I think if you, if you meant if you remember or if you can recall what we were talking about when they switched over back to James Allison as the uh, technical director a few weeks back, and I had mentioned, you know, what what does it look like uh, progress, you know, when this kind of leadership change happens. How long does it take for that progress to hit the track and for us to be able to see it uh, in the performance of the car? And apparently, it happened within a matter of three weeks. So, um, it is all pro- it, it, you know, all signs kind of point you know towards a positive direction. Uh, but like you mentioned, Mercedes historically does have a pretty good track record um, in uh, in Barcelona. So I'm going to hold my expectations a little bit closer to my heart until. We see this progress uh, kind of persists over the course of Canada and Austria in the next couple of weeks. So all good stuff, all good signs here. Uh, You know, even Lewis kind of admitted uh, in the uh, post-race interview that they're just not up to par yet with uh, with Red Bull uh, and where that car is at. But, you know, if it's not this year, next year, they'll they're expecting to have something comparable to to that uh, Red Bull machine. So, yeah, uh, as a Mercedes fan today, I'm absolutely over the moon. Um, you know, I, I, I 
was fearing the worst of worst uh, after qualifying uh, on Friday and I'm sorry, on Saturday. And, and this was, this is really positive to see uh, again, I will hold my expectations kind of low until we start seeing some, some of this progress persist across uh, Canada and Austria. Yeah. And that like, I'm full agreements with like holding expectations at the end of last year, um, you know, in Brazil and a few other races, we saw Mercedes just sort of pop out of the box and, and show dominant performance once again, and then just sort of putter out at the end. And so hopefully this isn't another iteration of, of, you know, that glimmer of hope of a performance out of the car. And hopefully we're just going to see them continue to home the performance of that car and get to the front of the pack. Cause it would be nice, even if it doesn't matter for a championship sake, to watch them take it to Red Bull at the end and sort of give the fans and as well as the other teams um, the knowledge that next year all, you know, all hands are off. Now yeah. you, you said a few times um, describing Mercedes that all signs uh, point to good. Well, today all signs weren't pointing to good because there was one signs on the track that had not so great of a race today, Mr. Carlos. I see what signs. you did there. I yeah. see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you said it, I was like, nah, and that was a great tee up. So yeah, like let's talk about Ferrari a little bit. Um not not let's their best day. Yeah, not their best day. Yeah, not their best day, and sadly not even their worst day. Yeah. Uh, which was <laughs> You know, yeah. it, it's a Ferrari kind of day. Uh, Ferrari has had a, a, a opposite kind of effect when it comes to qualifying and race day that Mercedes have, right? So Mercedes, you'll see in qualifying day, they probably don't perform as well as, as uh, you know, Red Bull or Ferrari even or Aston Martin. It's That car typically shows a lot of its strains on race day when it's uh, over a course of like multiple laps and not just a one lap thing. Whereas Ferrari, you know, they, they're sometimes able to really shine in, in qualifying and Leclerc especially is able to shine in qualifying. But, you know, this week, uh carlos put it to the metal still couldn't keep pace with mercedes and i'll just recall real quickly what what leclerc said after the um, after he was interviewed about what went wrong with his car he said uh you know when asked if 11th was a decent result considering where he started leclerc said no i don't understand what we're doing wrong but we're doing something wrong the tires are I went from first hard to a second hard in the last stint, did exactly the same thing, and the car is behaving in a completely different way. We have to obviously understand and work, but we really need to now, because it's been a few races and we're struggling with the conditions, or have a very peaky car, and today was no better. It, it sounds like a broken record to me, Chris. You know, um, Whether they know what the issue is or they don't, uh, the, the answers are always the same. And it's hard to dissect an issue when week after week, it's kind of this like, you know, the, this unknown kind of like omnipresent, like just glooming like energy and issue, but nothing really empirical or something that can, they can work on. Right. So I don't know if that's just them uh, kind of obfuscating their internal issues from the public uh, just while they work on things internally, or if they really have no clue what is going on right now what are your thoughts yeah ferrari is mind-boggling to me i th there's so many i thought that they were getting away from this a little bit but there's so many strategy calls that they make during the race that are just a little bit too confusing to me and i almost like in very layman's terms like i almost feel like ferrari decides kind of what they're going to do before the race and just try to like stick to it on a very simplistic high level. And I feel like other teams, like especially teams like Red Bull um, and Mercedes are looking at the data live. They have strategists across the board that are watching like graining on the tires, degradation, track temperatures. And they're looking at everything, all the data from the other drivers are doing. Cause I think Pirelli said that, the longest the soft could go, I think today was like 16 laps. It was either 16 or 18 laps and Carlos pits pretty early. And he was even mm -hmm. saying like, I have really good, I have good pace on these tires. And then you have George coming over the radio saying these tires are lasting a lot longer than expected. I think a few other drivers said similar messages and a couple of drivers went super long on their softs. I think Lewis went like 25 laps or something on the soft. Yeah. He went and almost half the race. 
yeah, and Carlos is like pitting at like sort of the typical Pirelli, even though he questioned his engineer and said, why? And he just said, okay, because the driver sometimes, even if they're, they feel good, they're going to trust their engineer because they're the ones with the computers, the data, the teams, the pit wall. And sometimes you just have to say, well, if, the, if they're saying to box, let's go. So, but I almost feel like Carlos has questioned more often than not. And usually he's been right. So I'm not sure what Ferrari's doing and they just don't seem to have the, the level of strategists that are within the other top teams. And they don't seem to be able to make um, shifting decisions on the fly. And you see this a few times where they'll literally come up with a decision and ask the driver and be like, what do you think? Like, you shouldn't be doing that live in a race. Like, you know, you're the ones with the data. You, another like, thing is they have like eight different plans. They have a plan A, B, C, D, one, two, three, four. And then they'll just <laughs> rattle them off as if like the driver's supposed to know exactly what the hell that means. And that was that was the most comedic thing of last year, last it, season. They're like, we're going to plan S, plan S. And you're like, how the fuck do you get that far? Yeah. How do you get this far down the line of plans? Like, you, you guys are a little ridiculous here. So... Yeah, I, I still think something needs to change at Ferrari. Like, clearly, uh, Leclerc's race, uh, I don't know what's going on with that car. He had issues in qualifying, and he said that, like, the car felt good in practice, but then his car just felt completely dead in qualifying. And then in the race, similar things. Like, they either have a, a fundamental technical issue with the car, or they just don't know what they're doing. And I, you know, for me... I don't know how much longer either one of these drivers are going to stay in that organization because things just don't seem to be changing. Yeah, it's a real comedy of errors, this organization. And, you know, they're putting two pretty talented drivers uh, at waste right now. I think Carlos, um, you know, he 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 said he put everything, he left everything out on the track. And if that is the case, it's it's a cause for concern. Um, because even if that's your if that's your ceiling and then Leclerc is your floor, it's it, there's no rectification uh, for, for either of those drivers right now. I think, you know, and this is just me kind of like looking from the outside in, I think Red Bull and Mercedes and even Aston Martin have a culture of, you know, execution first, right? And I think Ferrari has a culture of, we, we just need to be excellent and we just need to know, have everyone know we're excellent. And sometimes if you just do a lot of busy work that looks like you're doing something excellent, it'll keep people at bay and you don't, the real execution of it doesn't really have to come through, you know? So you can just kind of pitter around and act and do busy work as an entire organization to just kind of meet the demands of, you know, of, of the culture that, and the demand from like fans but then there, it's just all being lost there, and none of it is really going into execution and planned executions. Like, this is what's wrong. This was wrong with our strategy. This was wrong with our cars. This was what's wrong with our uh, communication with our drivers and our engineers and the suggestions that we're taking from Pirelli, and not really the suggestions that we're taking from our drivers and how they're feeling. Like all this kind of coalesces into an organization that I feel like is doing a lot of busy work because everyone could probably be like, Hey, I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job. But when it comes to actually executing out on the track, like you said, they have all these plans. They're probably hitting every single one of them at surface level. They probably put a lot of work to make those plans up and that's enough for them. Right. Like as an individual, you're like, Hey, I did my job. I, I made these plans. You know, we made 20 right. of them, you know, like we didn't even have enough letters to, to fit them <laughs> on a plan, you know, like, so that like that you can, you know, you can put in that busy work and then like the execution piece just, you know, is just is not there. So again, you know, uh, they're, they're another week for them to forget. I think um, I, I don't really know what the solution is for them, but I think one thing that we this week did do was there was a bit of a jumble, right. For who was going to be the second, third uh, team. And, it, and, it, and Ferrari was in a conversation with Mercedes and Aston Martin. But I think after this week's race, it's a little bit more definitive that Aston Martin and, and Mercedes as an organization is going to pull away um, at a quicker rate than Ferrari is. And Ferrari might even have to stumble back and have to compete with Alpine. Um, and what a great story that would be for Alpine. But, you know, I can just see them slowly going further down the rungs. And 
if if I can be quite honest, I don't know if Leclerc is going to be there after after next year. Yeah, I think uh, I made a bold predict prediction with uh, you know my buddy Sam the other day that if uh, if Lawrence has the you know cojones to finally kick his son to the curb, that Leclerc is going to be driving for Aston Martin next year, and um, you know I don't know if that will ever be the case, but I could it, I think if Charles gets the opportunity to jump ship to a, a definitively top team, then that he will very highly consider it. I know Lewis, uh, I think George's contract was extended. Um, they opted to yeah. extend his contract and Lewis mentioned today that he's supposed he's to be talking Toto. to Toto. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I expect Lewis is going to resign with Mercedes. If he doesn't, that's obviously a, a huge breaking news and a big shakeup in the sport, but uh, I could see Charles going to any, any one of those two teams over Ferrari just because he's given them so much time to get their stuff together, to be able to perform and give him a championship winning car. And I think that guy just wants to win races and be in a race car. Like imagine a world in which, you know, Max is like getting like second or third. And then the next race, he's like 17th. And on merit because the car just doesn't work. Like that car is not a car that Charles deserves to be in, and the team making the decision. So, yeah, I just don't see. I don't. I don't see Carlos going anywhere just because I don't think anyone has a seat for him. But I could see Charles jumping ship, and um, but you know there may just not be a seat, and that might be where he is. But uh, we'll see what happens in silly season because I'm excited uh, for a little bit of shakeup. Hopefully that happens. Yeah, you know he'll look good in in that mint green. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. So speaking of shakeups, uh, let's talk about a shakeup that happened today on the track and to, you know, uh, to, to the chagrin of Yuki Tsunoda, uh, what, what were your thoughts on his penalty, his five second penalty for running Zoguan Yu off the, off the track? Do you think it was warranted? Do you think that it was unfair? I'm in full agreements with the uh the announcers while watching the race and they were like quick complaining joe like you know it's a little bit of racing like you know uh yuki's yuki was ahead at the time and it's like you know there's, so space. there's space yuki was ahead and it's like you know I, I think the fact that it happened right on the section of the track with the runoff area yeah made it look way worse like all of a sudden Joe like takes the the exit route down the track and it's like, oh, he had to take the exit route. Therefore, he was really pushed off the track. And then, you know, he complained on the radio and things of that nature. But in my mind, like you can't you can't just be dishing out five second penalties for things like that. Um, it's just a little bit of racing. And, you know, Joe basically was just being a little too attacky about it. And instead of backing out decided to not back out and then to avoid a crash had to go off the track. That was a little bit of his, you know, his doing as much as it was Yuki's for fighting back. Like, so I, I, I don't, it was a really harsh penalty. Yuki again, deserved points. I think that's two races in a row. They just got lucky and missed out on the points. So yeah, I feel for the guy, but he got a five second penalty and still finished ahead of his teammates. So what does that say about Nick? Yeah, I mean, well, not much can say about Nick. Um, I don't. I know, I I know we rag on the guy a little bit, but <laughs> I don't think he'll be there much longer. But yeah, you know, uh, Yuki, second week in a row, just right out of points. He's been performing incredibly consistently. I think he's one of the most consistent drivers right now for this season in terms of, uh, you know, if he's going to be in that kind of P nine to. Uh, P9 position so it's just one of those things that that you're gonna have to like kind of understand as a driver that 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 there may be uh, a reason for Yuki to to keep with the team and not get any punitive measures kind of if you do a retrospect on what his season was like there's a lot of things kind of going against him I think the fact and and I think some of the commentators mentioned this is if that runoff area wasn't there then would Zoe have been as aggressive in, in kind of trying to get into that space, you know? Because if it wasn't there, he might have just stayed back and 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 it would have been all good. But but Yuki's car was out front. There was an ample amount of space and and there's instant replay. Like you, you we all saw it. I don't yep. know what the the stewards were saying, but 
um yeah i feel bad for you know feel bad for yuki uh for for the race today i feel bad for yuki for the race last week and i think that you know if if you know if red bull management and helmet marco are looking at this and, and trying to scrutinize they shouldn't be as punitive on him uh for, for the for the races that he's had so yeah, I, I feel really bad for him. He looked insanely sad after the fact. I saw the picture of him next to Kristaps Porzingis, which was very, very funny to see a 5'3 next to a 7'3 person. <laughs> um, so, so you know, he he has a, he has a, um, he's still, I'd hate to see F1 lose a character like him too, especially because on merit, he should be on the grid. He's doing great, but he's also a character. And I think, you know, F1 needs more more of those kinds of guys. So, yeah, I feel really bad for for Yuki today. There's, uh, yeah, yeah. Th there's there's more there's worse drivers on the grid than Yuki, and uh, for sure. And I think he has a lot of potential. And it's in this sport, it's really difficult sometimes with certain drivers because you'll there's no opportunity to like see what he'll do in a Red Bull or in a Mercedes. Like, unfortunately, he's in his car, and that's the car that he has. And so you don't know if his whole performance is because of the Alpha Tower or, or if he would actually be dominant in another car. Um, but all the cars aren't built differently. So, But I definitely think that Yuki deserves a seat in the sport. Um, now, we talked about this a little bit of last week, but he did have that one team radio today where he yet again yelled at his engineer, like, just let me race. Stop talking to me. I don't need your stuff. Like, just leave me alone. I'm going as fast as I can go. It's like, I, I think that, like we mentioned last week, there needs to be a little bit more of a constructive conversationalist in Yuki uh, to really get to that next level. But again, I don't think you deserve the five-second penalty. Um, and I didn't get to see much of the aftermath of the race uh, because I'm you know traveling this week. But I hope that they appealed it. I don't know if they did or if there was a result from that, but I would have appealed it if I was Alphatari just to see because, again, I don't think it was warranted. But, yeah, like I said, I also feel bad for Yuki, and I really hope he has a seat in F1 for at least a few more years, if not just to see what he can do. But like you said, he's a really great personality, and I think that that's important for not only a branding and building a fan base perspective, but just, you know, as an entertainment value. So, um yeah. i like the guy and, and I hope... you know there, you know there, there's a whole japanese uh fan base that that you're potentially turning away by you know you have the japanese grand prix which which brings herds of you know like japanese fans from around the world but having someone like you know so, like how checo is from mexico and how max is for for the netherlands and and you know how how Lewis Lewis and Lando and 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 George are, are all for 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 Great Britain. It, there is a certain national kind of pride. You know, even the Americans are are, are proud of of Logan Sargent. Yeah. Uh, so there is there's a some sort of uh, a pride in having a driver of your nationality. You know, kind of representing you. And I think Yuki is 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 a pretty good marker for for a Japanese driver uh an influencer and 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 you know someone that an entire nation can kind of get behind so i don't know yeah it, there's a lot of there's a lot that, that went against yuki um and the i guess what i'm trying to get at is Aston Martin was able to kind of refute uh you know the 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 penalties that they would have gotten back i think in was it Australia or the, or the race right afterwards? And they were able to refute it almost immediately with like seven different video examples. Oh yeah, the the Jackman. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and and I'm trying to understand like where is that kind of resource for for you know for AlphaTauri and 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 why can't they appeal it the same way that that you know that Aston Martin was able to? So uh, yeah, I, I'm curious to see what the fallout of this is going to be if they are able to appeal it or, or kind of get some sort of you know answer to to their questions because you know in the replay it seemed pretty cut and clear that it wasn't yuki's fault there was enough space and that zoe kind of forced the steward's hands to giving him a penalty so um let's talk let's talk a little bit more positive so who are your winners this week chris uh i know i'm dying to kind of answer this one but i want to let you go first who, who are your winners this week yeah i mean i think we'll probably align pretty similarly but you know, we have uh, 
Mercedes, like, um, as much as you're the Mercedes guy and I'm the Red Bull guy, like, so happy to see them back competing. Uh, I did, I did miss Mr. Fernando on the podium today. And I would rather have him been there than George, but, um, yeah, like seeing these guys perform, getting a little bit of the spirit back when, when everyone crossed the checkered flag, it cut to Toto and you could just see like, he's like, step one is done. Like we're back. Like now we got to get to work. So I could almost see his black turtleneck just growing <laughs> from his shirt. Everybody's a target. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the worst oxygen accent I've ever done in my life. So, but yeah, no, like I'm glad to see Toto smiling again. Um, Lewis, like I, I was going to mention this a minute ago, but yeah, like Lewis seemed genuinely super happy on the podium. He was actually celebrating with Max. And that was just like such a moment to see after their rivalry. But like these guys definitely respect each other. And, you know, Max was like, yeah, it's good to see, you know, an actual driver up here again. A, a, a talent if it were so yeah mercedes super big win for me i'm and i'm i'm sure they're up there for you uh considering your shirt <laughs> yeah no they're uh, you know it's just i know i mentioned keeping expectations you know uh kind of conservative when it when it comes to uh what to expect over the next couple of weeks and if this is actually going to be uh you know an upward kind of trend for them but just going back to just the commentary and and George saying like, hey, it's actually not rain. I think it's just my sweat. <laughs> like you know, it's just it's just there's a levity to it that I've been that I've missed for a really long time. I think like because I am such a big fan of the team, you know, seeing two of those drivers that I I do really love and enjoy watching, just kind of having that banter between them and and being able to be a little bit more relaxed and 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 race like actually race and knowing that the car is not gonna break from under them or you know can't even catch up even in a drs zones like just little things like that like things that sh you know are not uh, reticent of, of, of a mercedes kind of car um and then being able to see them just being a little bit more relaxed just you know kind of a little bit of that pressure off their shoulders that allows them to maybe do a little bit things a little bit more creatively and and not saying that they'll catch up to the pace of red bull because it, it's it seems damn near impossible like he's right you know, max double digit deltas uh against the second fastest car so i don't see that you know being kind of uh uh uh, achieved anytime soon but but yeah a hell of a week for mercedes um you know it was a dodgy bit after qualifying but uh I, i'm 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 very i'm very pleased with you know and then so i i assume the entire team is as well um and then other winner max verstappen he yep. just i'll let you talk a little bit more at length but my man had a hell of a weekend yeah i mean I don't think I'm ever going to take this Red Bull jersey off because I don't think they're going to lose this year. Um, their car is just a little bit too unbeatable, and Max is on fire. But yeah, he had a uh, he had a perfect weekend. He led FP1, FP2, FP3, got pole position. He led every lap of the race, and he uh, put the softs on at the end to get the fastest lap to boot. It was kind of an all around impressive, no mistake weekend for him once again. And you know. Uh, in the last couple seasons, you know, he was dominant, but he was had faults like and the car had faults too. you know, the car uh, blew up twice last year and um, got fell pretty far in the championship points to Charles. And but then once he got his groove, he destroyed it. And this year he just kind of looks robotic and unstoppable. So, you know, like, yeah. He's I think probably... his only mistake I think of the weekend was he almost got a five second penalty for uh crossing over the line. And even then it wouldn't have done anything. He would have still had, I think, like an 18 second gap to 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 Lewis. So, you know, it, he he put in fastest lap, and then I think it was interesting though. This is not actually, but at the end of the race, when the camera kind of went to, I don't know, this is just Helen Marco's disposition all the time. He's just always mad, but he didn't look too pleased. Uh, he still looked like he might have been a little bit kind of upset. 
Um, although, you know, Adrian Newey and, and, and Christian Horner look super duper pleased. Yep. Uh, I think it might have to do the fact that Checo probably wasn't uh, it, on the podium as well. But Checo had a hell of a race. He, he you know, he was able to make up, what, like 11 or six spots, I think, something like that. Something, like that. something really, really ridiculous. But, um, but yeah, I think Max had, a, you know, again, he's probably going to run away with the rest of the season, uh, especially as the, the, the difference in points between him and Checo starts to grow um let's switch over to losers who do you have as your losers this week chris yeah i mean i mean i think big loser for me is lando um and not that lando's bad at what he does he had a really good qualifying session uh but unfortunately had a little bit of contact in lap one was forced to box give away the you know the fresh offs uh put on the hards which was unfortunately a terrible tie for everybody at this race you know, mm. Max was struggling on it. Uh, I believe the Ferraris, like, really struggled on it, too. And so Lando was on just a terrible tire, had to get a wing change, pit on lap one, and, you know, it was just in nowhere land for the rest of the race. And so after an amazing qualifying session, which, you know, nobody expected him to, you know, hold on to that third place for the, you know, the longevity of the race, um, it was still been nice to see him, you know, get some good points this weekend. But just unfortunate, you know, went from a super high to a super low. And, you know, I really want things to turn around for him. But, yeah, and then, you know, I got, I got Charles on there, too, just because, again, he was also in nowhere land. And that just, uh, you know, it's a little disheartening to see this guy just constantly, you know, be sort of not where he should be. Um, but, yeah, like th- these two guys just sort of being behind their pace, not where they should be two top talents uh yeah those are my big losers for this week yeah no i I agree with you on both fronts especially with lando he looked incredibly dejected after the race and you know it was kind of his fault it was definitely his fault uh in and kind of putting his uh the tip of his wing uh, next to lewis's i'm really glad that nothing uh, didn't affect lewis's car but uh but this is a mistake that is just completely on his own it wasn't due to anything but but a simple you know misjudgment uh on the uh, on the start yep. uh which caused him which you know cost him the race essentially uh, i agree with you there you know we already talked about yuki uh and kind of the misfortunes he had my biggest loser of the week chris is the haas pit crew they <laughs> average i think above 3.5 seconds uh across all their pit stops at, at a certain point they had two jackmen come in at the black at the back to try to lift the car and they look both look confused it's it's really you know, the commentators mentioned this also, Julian Palmer and David Coulter talked about how you have the same amount of crew, pit crew people across all teams. And it's money is not the constraint in how many times you practice getting that down pat. Like Red Bull practices all the time. They're there. I think their pit stop today was like 2.5 second on average or even lower than that. Mercedes, I believe Sergio had a 2.0. He had a 2.0 at one point. It's ridiculous. Like, you know, uh, Mercedes, even Ferrari practices their their uh, pit stops a little bit uh, more judiciously. But um, Haas, just there's no excuse for the fact that they're having these obscene pit stop times because it's just a matter of practice. It's not even like you're your jacks are more expensive and better than than uh, mercedes or you know it's just a matter of practice and i think it it, it kind of trickles back to the you know like i, I always say it, it's it's a top-down mentality and i just don't think gene haas is the kind of owner that that uh helmet marco is or or honestly even um what's his face uh laurent rossi is with with alpine you know so he's not very hands-on um he doesn't hold accountable you know he's there's not much accountability across like the pit crew folks so yeah i think the pit crew today for haas incredibly embarrassing probably my biggest loser even more so than lando and yuki and you know whatever kind of times that uh nico or or kevin puts up and quali uh it just gets kind of taken from under them when 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 they get hit the crew when they hit the uh when they hit the pits so I don't know uh it's what do you have thoughts on that it's I I I mean I'm I'm gonna gonna, yeah like when I heard that from uh Julian and David I was in full agreements like 
the the delta that separates someone like Max Verstappen to Nikita Mazepin is not going to exist within the pit crew. This is all about repetition. It's about understanding, like you said, everyone's got the same guns. Um, you know, the cars mostly are identical. The tires are identical in that respect. And so it's all just about getting your repetitions in, knowing your marks. Like the fact that there's two Jackmans trying to both lift the car is is unacceptable. Like I, that's one of those things that I would just fire both guys on the spot. Like if you know, so, like, why are you there? Like, I guess one's a Jackman and then one's a backup Jackman. But why is a backup Jackman trying to lift the car off from the bat? Like, this, like, none of this makes any sense to me. So it's just like, yeah, it's not like you should not have a bad pit stop should be like not the norm. It should be an exception to the rule. And it should just be something that happens every now and then due to an unforeseen, unplanned issue and not like people just fumbling over themselves and the most elite motorsport that exists in the world. So I'm you full have of one job. Yeah, have one it's job. Actually, you have one job. And Come literally on. every man on that crew has one job. Like you're either putting a tire on or pulling a tire off, you know, and or you putting sit and you and wait you... for the next time that you do that one job and you get paid decent for it. It doesn't make sense to me, man. Travel the world, get paid decent. Probably don't have a really good home life, but you're living the life, living the dream. Just do your job. So, yeah, uh, every tenth matters in this sport. And when you're you're taking 1.5 seconds off of a driver every time they come into the pits to compare to the other drivers, it's unacceptable. So, yeah, we've ragged on them enough, but, yeah. Let's go down the, the, the levels of hell here into our hot seats. Um, I guess un- <laughs> undisputedly Ferrari for, for both of us this week, it looks like. Yeah, uh, you know nothing that we haven't said already before, uh, and I don't want to you know expand on uh, on this and 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 at the risk of repeating ourselves, but I, I don't know. I I thought that the changes that would be kind of deployed across the organization with Fred kind of coming in as as the team principal would have faster effects than what's happening right now. Uh, Sound, it seems like they're going backwards even uh, this season. Uh, it seems like they're having a worse season now than they did last year. Listen, Fred had his ties with Ferrari, um, but it's not like the Alpha was a great car. We've discussed that before. So um, I didn't think he was necessarily the man for the job uh, in the first place. But, you know, I was we were giving him time to sort of blossom. Um, and, you know, we're, you know, we're only what, six or seven races into the season, but... Um, you know, I'll give him to a sort of the second half of the season to sort of shine a little bit more. But Ferrari is definitely the same Ferrari that we've seen for a while. And I, you know, like you said, it's more about their organization and the look and the the appeal of it than it is about winning races and stuff like that. So yeah, I think they need to they're definitely in my hot seat this week. They need to make some changes. Uh, even if you're not winning races, just button it up and put in good performances every week. Uh, and then like fix those issues and then work on getting that performance out of the car and start winning some races. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with them, but they have issues. I think, uh, the benchmark set by Aston Martin and Mercedes in terms of the positive change that takes effect after leadership changes happen is their benchmark is way higher and way more optimal than what Ferrari's is. Because even though Fred has only been in seat for this first couple of races, it didn't take Mercedes, you know, a whole lot of time between James Allison coming back in and them, you know, starting to to show signs of, of their former selves. It didn't take a whole lot of time for Mike Crack to come in and for Aston Martin to start showing some incredible improvements in their, in their cars. So those are the benchmarks that I'm kind of going off of, uh, you know, as I'm kind of learning the, an appropriate timeline for, for when positive change can be instilled. And I think Fred is now falling behind the marker quite significantly. 
Yeah, but like uh, full agreements like Ferrari last year potentially had a championship winning car and it was doing really well at the start of the season. And most of their poor performances were from bad strategy calls and poor reliability, which if you have a potential championship winning car that's already built and you need to sort of improve on that and the other things that you need to fix are not the car specifically, but your strategy and your reliability, you know, Fred should be able to do that faster than a few seasons. So if he doesn't get through this season in a much better spot by the end, um, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't know what to what to do with the team other than maybe try to shake it up again. I don't think that's going to happen, but I don't think they'll be in a great spot next year. Yeah. And I think I have one more person in my hot seat. It's Logan Sargent. Um, again, uh, very poor performance this week. You know, he came in um, dead last. He got lapped by everyone up to Yuki Sonoda. So it, it's it's embarrassing. It's not Monaco. It's a really pretty standardized, perfect track for, for most rookies. And, you know, they even took the chicane away. Like, there's no reason for Logan Sargent to be having such a struggle. Um, I mean, Alex Albon didn't do a whole lot better at 16th. But, you know, it, it's just Logan Sargent. This is the second week in a row where he's kind of near either. Was he dead last last week, Chris? Uh, you know, other than the people that didn't finish. You know, he yeah. he just he's just always been kind of. Uh, sorry, not always. After the first two races, he's really experienced a significant downturn. Uh, and and I'm curious. I don't. I haven't seen any publications on Williams giving him like kind of a, a ultimatum or anything like that. But it seems like there's not a whole lot uh, for them to rally around at Williams right now, and especially because Alex isn't doing all that great either. So I don't know if this is just a organizational thing, but coming in dead last is is just you know i just don't know what to make of logan Sargent's season this year and i think the rookie thing is starting to maybe that that well is starting to dry a little bit run a little bit dry um so yeah i would put him I, i'm putting him in a hot seat just to kind of keep an eye on it right <laughs> to, to, yeah to for sure williams uh response is going to be going into you know the second half of the season yeah like for logan it's a uh, it's a difficult one because like we don't have all the data, um, we don't know how much they may be mark making off him from USA marketing standpoint from you know selling merch or uh, just from his image and you know capturing that new US market. Plus, uh, there may be some improvements they're seeing from you know like a micro level, uh, from a rookie season where they feel like he's you know, in the simulator or like in a work culture environment where he's putting in a lot of work and effort and they could see that potential. So these are all these things that like the average person can't see. Um, so I definitely think that Logan, um, if he's performing like to their standards behind the scenes and they, they might want to see like his fan base in Vegas, among other things, he might get a second, uh, a seat for next year. But he is having a very poor rookie year compared to, you know, Yuki in his rookie year or, you know, Oscar for this year. So or George, it, and George, even George, you know, he was in a Williams and he still sh showed some sort of pace in that car. Some some inkling of talent that signified even to Mercedes and to Toto that he's well worth the investment. So oh, Joe, too, like Joe had a pretty decent yeah, like, so, yeah, like, I don't think Logan is, you know, giving a free pass because he's a rookie. You still have to perform. Um, so we'll see. Like, he's definitely on a hot seat and he'll he'll have to step it up. Um, yeah, he, you know, we'll see what happens for next year. It Like, I, look, I don't think Williams expects they're going to be winning races. So we'll see what happens. But I think at the most he'll get a seat next year or even half of next year before before he gets but yeah i would I, i'm i'm in agreements with putting logan in a little bit of a hot seat and we'll keep an eye on it yeah there's so off track real quick there's one other thing i wanted to sort of talk about i don't know if you saw this news but gunther steiner was summoned to the stewards for essentially bitching about you know f1 and their storage situation he said uh, it's always a discussion because there's no consistency. I don't want to blame any particular person on this, 
But if they're not all there all the time, then this is just like a job every, it's not even a job because in every job you can get sacked because you get paid. And if you do a bad job, you get sacked and you can't get sacked because you don't get paid. I think we need to step it up. And he was summoned to the storage for this. And then per Chris Medlin was subsequently reprimanded officially. <laughs> and the storage, uh, he described it in storage as layman and referring to professionals in other sports. Mr. Stein stated if he had to insult or offend anyone, he would have used much different words to which the storage do not dispute this. So essentially they like they reprimanded him for badmouthing them. And then he was like, I didn't badmouth you. If I badmouth you, I would have cussed the hell out of you. <laughs> I would use shorter words. I would have, like, yeah, I, no, we agree. We agree. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, but this is like elite motorsports, elite sports worldwide. And I feel like this is like, uh, you know, getting your your note to go to the principal office. It's like. Like, what are we doing here? Like, this is a, in my opinion, it's a very fair argument and one that lots of people have been making. Um, th- we, we've made it several times on 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 the show, and and I don't disagree with him either. You know, like the the fact that he's being re- reprimanded for speaking the truth. You know, like, and I think this is it goes to again to the culture of FIA and 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 the stewardesses and kind of the non-synergy across all of these different you know uh groups of of stewards and 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 different fia officials across all the different tracks because they're different casts i feel like and there's no consistency we're constantly bringing up the fact that they're making mistakes that they're unable to you know fix after the fact um and i'm 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 on i'm on gunther's uh train here I, I totally agree with him i think he's they're probably giving him a slap on the on the wrist because he's gunther steiner but but i don't know i agree with him but my, my but the reason why i wanted to bring this up a little bit is i was like what's the end goal here like if gunther steiner decided to just double down and say no 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 i was right you guys suck and like, and then he did that every day for the next few months. Like, would they actually be like, you're removed from Formula One? You're no longer allowed to participate as a team principal? Like, what's the level of punishment here? Like, what's an official reprimand actually mean in this situation? Like, please don't badmouth us, but we have no power. Like, I don't know, like, what the actual rules are, but it's just, it's so awkward to me that this is not behind closed doors and like talked about in a private matter. This is like official summoned to the stewards. Um, it, it's just a very weird one for me. I don't know if this I can, happens. I can see in... the team principals going, going on a, on a strike, like the writer's guild, you know, <laughs> team principal strike with, Billion, Toto, with Toto bi- and, and Christian leading the pack. Like, could you imagine the headline billionaire strike over reprimand from volunteers? (laughs) 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 It's like, listen, these are the richest, most powerful people ever. And you're like an unpaid volunteer. And you're like, no, no, (laughs) no, no. We signed a contract. Yeah, Gunther's at his house in South Carolina right now, fucking sipping a Mai Tai by the pool and laughing about this all the way to the bank. So, uh, yeah, this is just a weird one for me, but I want to talk about. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun one. It's a fun one because it's coming from Gunther. Uh, as soon as it starts coming from Christian and Toto, it becomes serious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, great race today. Again, I wanted to like um, bring up the whole the chicane thing one more time just because. It's uh watching the cars like go slowly in very special circumstances like Monaco um is unique. But when they're just there, like I want to see F1 cars going full speed, and I'm glad we got to see a little bit of that today because that's where the real excitement comes from come from. And I think Spain used to have a lot of problems with overtaking, and today was tons of overtaking. It was a super good race. Um and I'm super happy the progress like Mercedes and everybody made. So yeah, hopefully uh, I think we're going to continue to have this whole Red Bull train uh, going forward, but I'm excited for the future of uh, the rest of the season and see where all the rest of the teams uh, and drivers end up. So 
yeah yeah and with that let's uh let's get our predictions in for next uh for the race in canada uh yeah we were pretty close last week for for this race uh you know we both i had lewis on the podium and you had george and uh you know, we were both wrong about Alonzo, but we, <laughs> that's where it sort of ended up. So I'm going to go ahead and say that in Canada, we're going to have uh pretty similar. Like, I think uh, it's going to be Max and Lewis again. Um, And I don't want to put George on the podium. So I hope my boy Alonzo gets back up. There, so, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Max, Lewis and Alonzo. Well, I will pull George on the on the podium. Uh, I'm going to put Max, George and Fernando uh, for Canada and um but I wouldn't be surprised if Lewis uh, found his way into the podium as well. And I, I hope I am wrong. I hope Lewis is in podium. But I think I saw uh, a spark from George uh, this this race that I think will will help him get into a podium next, uh, you know, next race. So I'll as keep long that. As, as long as he continues to check his mirrors and not running Lewis off track. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope the, the quality season or the quality uh, races aren't uh, as trepidatious as was it was this week but yeah but yeah and then fernando uh, fernando uh fernando rounding out the the top three i think you know this this week was more or less an anomaly he i think gave lance the this the one position ahead of him because i genuinely think he loves and fears uh daddy's stroll and his <laughs> money yeah listen so, you know, fernando's got it good he doesn't want to give away his meal ticket he knows he knows he's he knows the WC is not happening this year, so you he know knows he's a favorite son. He take, knows he's a favorite son. He knows he knows. Uh, yeah. So we have one. Unfortunately, we have a week off. Um, but Canada Sunday, June eighteenth, and uh, that's a track that I love. A race that I love. There's a lot of greatness to Montreal and the surrounding race. I know it's a fan favorite, so I'm excited about it. And so yeah, I'm looking forward to the race in two weeks and yeah we'll talk then yeah hopefully no rain all sweat all sweat <laughs> all right <laughs> all right sam all right chris well it's good talking to you um and we'll see you guys in canada yeah see you guys in canada Bye, peace guys. Yeah.